Celebrate Sounds is brought to you by Local Build Co. and Henry Gale Tiling. Local Build Co. are based in Bellingen, operating between Coffs Harbour and Nambucca, and they pride themselves on their high standard of work and their dedication to achieving goals for their customers. All inquiries, hit up Geordie on 0431 430 822. Henry Gale Tiling operates from Bellingen and specialise in all renovation and building projects. They provide a dedicated service to their clients from start to finish. Servicing the Bellingen Shire and surrounds, you can expect hands-on service from a highly experienced tiling team. Have a tiling job? Call Henry on 0401 287 778. Hey, you're listening to Celebrate Sounds, a podcast celebrating the endeavours of creators on the north coast of New South Wales. Today's show features Greg Sheehan, who has been described as a rhythmic magician, um, incredible and influential percussionist, uh, who's just written a book. We had an awesome chat. Hope you enjoy the show. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you are listening to Celebrate Sounds, an absolute treat in the studio today for today's episode. Um, He's come a long way up the street, (laughs) just around the corner. Greg Sheehan, welcome to the studio space. Thank you, Josh. Good to have you in here. How are you going? Yeah, good, good. Yeah, it was um, probably about a a two-minute walk from my place to yours. Yeah, (laughs) an arduous journey down the hill. (laughs) Well, it's good to have you here. I'm stoked um, that we got around to, to doing it. And uh, you've got some exciting news. We won't get into that right away, but just before we sort of get into the nitty gritty of the interview, I'd love to get a bit of an idea of who you are, how you came to be, who you are in the music scene, and you know what, how, what, what sort of got you into music, all that kind of stuff. So a little bit of your story. Yes, thanks. Um, well, uh, I grew up in Sydney, um, and uh, my my father's parents emigrated from the west coast of Ireland, oh, yeah. and so we had a very Irish upbringing. Um, my That's full the name, name is Gregory Patrick John Sheen is my full name, oh. and so there was always music around. Um, you know, lot. My mum played the piano, and um, we we grew up good Catholics or trying to be good Catholics. <laughs> and, uh, but so she, she played the organ in the, the church choir. My dad was a really good um, um, dancer as well. But I actually, they took me to see a band when I was about four years old. Yeah. And I remember seeing, I can't remember any of the other musicians except for the drummer, which is a very drummy thing to say. <laughs> but I thought he was a magician. Wow. Yeah, and he must have been a really good drummer. And I feel like ever since then I've been trying to sort of emulate that feeling. And, in fact, when I got home that night, jumped out of the car and broke a couple of twigs off a branch and turned a bucket upside down and just started playing. Yes. And that was it. It was like I was hooked. It's like a passion. Did you you have a a childhood of, uh, you know, getting the pots and the pans and everything, bringing them into the kitchen? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I remember when Noah was young. He's a drummer as well, my son. And uh, there would be very seldom a time where all the pots and pans and buckets and all the things weren't out and you were a bit like that? Oh, totally. (laughs) And uh, knives and forks on the dinner table, which used to annoy everybody. (laughs) Yes. And, um, yeah, and I actually, yeah, when I was probably about six or seven, I started really pining for some proper drums. Yep. But for some reason, my parents didn't get them, but that was okay. But then I joined the school brass band. Uh, when I was nine mm-hmm. and learnt some really basic rudiments, which was fantastic. And um, by the time I was 11, I was playing in an Irish Cayley band, which was like a dance band. Yeah. And uh, I was in a um, the, the school band and I was playing old-time dances with my mum, which was fantastic. Yeah. Plus I was in a, in my first sort of rock band with one of my friends. At 11? Yeah, wow. yeah. So I was right <laughs> into it. But the funny thing is that, like, even though I loved it so much, it was never suggested from my parents that it could be a career. Yeah. And I didn't even consider that that would be – I just loved it. It was something I, you know, really loved. But, um, yeah, I just didn't think that I was going to be doing that, um, you know, as a job anyway for, for the rest of my life. It's interesting. I had <clears throat> Pete Skelton in a few uh, weeks ago, and he said something pretty much along the same lines as – 
I just love playing music and, and he was a little bit older, I think at the time, but getting into drums in high school and all of a sudden he's in like four or five different bands and then just kind of, it just happened. It wasn't a choice to be like, I'm going to be a professional musician. It just sort of happened. And it was yeah. that sort of a similar story with you? Totally. Yeah. Like I went to art school when I was 15 and, um, I thought I was going to be involved in the visual arts, maybe even just as a, a teacher or whatever. Yeah. But I, and I remember too at that age being conscious of getting a, at ho- home from art school and wondering whether I should paint or I should play the drums. And I actually felt that well, there wasn't much of a difference, yeah. even that at that young age it was just about expression. But anyway, I just kept getting gigs and then. Eventually, when I was 17, I was offered, I was became like the resident drummer in a kind of a discotheque, as they were called in those days, in <laughs> Broadway and Sydney. Wow. And I, I literally stopped on the way to the gig one night and I thought, wow, I'm earning a living playing drums. And yeah, I, yeah, it was the first time I was even conscious that that, <laughs> that was so possible cool. when I was actually in yeah. it. Yeah. It's one of those things, <clears throat> and I think too, like, um, so slightly different to, to my story in that I sort of went out and hustled gigs and tried to make a little bit of um, money from it, never intending it to be a, a total career. But with a lot of um, band members, I guess you kind of have to be in that scene, don't you, where you put yourself out there, you put yourself in the position to showcase your skills. Mm. And then I guess did it sort of just steamroll from there and, and gig yeah. after gig, that kind of thing? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And and it's like, yeah, you, you, you know, you have a passion and enthusiasm and a basic good feel, I yeah. hope. And then from there, um, I, I, joined a little band and we we did our my first ever tour up to um surface paradise where paradise where we played in the chevron hotel for two weeks which is so exciting yeah. then i got back we did a gig in uh, the bondi royal hotel and then a fella from a band that was just really starting to be really popular in australia at the time saw me and said do you want to come along and audition for our band and it was actually at a gig where they they just asked me to come along with no rehearsals or anything like that how'd you go uh, good because <laughs> um and the next day they actually said that night um they said would you like to join the band and the next day we moved to melbourne wow i was 17 and um within about um probably a couple of months we had a number one hit single um called bop and the blues and there's a classic thing on facebook i mean sorry on youtube of us miming back in those days a video clip yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. um black feather bop and the blues and yeah i moved to melbourne and you know and it just sort of went on from there really yeah yeah right so so from melbourne i mean you know now you're kind of known Um, from my experience and I knew you before I knew you were quite musical and it was only that, uh, my drummer was like, Oh, you you mean, you know, Greg Sheehan, like he is one of the big wigs in Australian percussion and, and drumming and that kind of thing. But for me, I just knew you as Shay's dad. (laughs) (laughs) He's my son who plays soccer and And coached very well by Josh. I try try my best. (laughs) I try my best. But, um, I guess, yeah. So from there you're in Melbourne um, where did music take you? Like, what were the opportunities that were afforded you? And, and I guess, yeah, just give us a little bit of a feel for the little diff- different experiences, maybe hi- a couple of highlights. Yeah. Well, I, I own a couple of years after that at the, um, when I was about 22, I moved to London and, um, I moved over there because some really, uh, good friends of mine who are really good musicians are, had moved there and they asked me to come over. We squatted for two years, and <laughs> but it was fantastic. And we auditioned bass players um, to join our group. And over the two years, we auditioned um, around about 80 bass wow. players. So we started knowing all of the young musicians in London. And through that, I, I just met amazing people. And um, eventually I was offered to be the live-in drummer um, at a recording studio in Oxford Wow! Um, for this well-known producer whose name's Mike Vernon. And um, he, he, you know, it, it was so funny. He gave me a whole lot of money from a session and I looked at it and I'd been so poor for a couple of years. I looked at it and I just dreamed of the North Coast beaches of Australia because I'd been away for two years and I was homesick. Hadn't, hadn't so, seen the sun in a little while. 
Hey, the sun. Yeah. No, that's right. <laughs> so, you know, I came back and I've made a lot of decisions like that that haven't been great business decisions. But anyway, so, yeah, and I just came back and then um, – but eventually I started playing in kind of well-known rock bands back back in the day. Um, Richard Clapton yep. played on his um, – album called Goodbye Tiger, which has been his best, you know, his most famous one. And wow. I started, you know, I met Shane Howard from Goenna, ended up playing with and touring with them. Um, yeah, just, um, you know, kind of in the rock scene. But yeah. I started actually also playing jazz and getting into world music and, you know, and that's sort of taken me to amazing places. And, you know, I've been lucky to play with some great musicians from all sorts of countries. Absolutely. And it would be mm. remiss of me to not ask about um, a particular story because Chris, who uh, is my drummer and uh, who you go- you're going to be hanging out with very mm. soon, he mentioned to me that you went to India with Bobby Singh. That's right. And yeah. uh, he said there's a fascinating story, um, something about you seeing uh, maybe a, a, was a, a, re- a religious a Hindu man or something who, who said something pretty profound about you. I don't know if that if I've got the story right. Maybe not. Oh geez. I'm sorry, Josh, but I don't, don't know. I'm not sure which particular He said something oh, about um oh I think it was more possibly that um see I met Bobby's guru who's yes. really he's an amazing musician, tabla player called Anish Pradam and um he's probably in the top five tabla players wow. in India, which means the world. Yep. And he, Bobby's been uh, his disciple for many years. And I think it was more that um, um, that he basically, um, Anish said, you don't need to learn from me anymore. You just, if, if Greg's around, you just, <laughs> you know, be with him and learn yeah. about his system and everything yeah. and he'll be a great teacher. I, I, I mean... I'm, I think that's what you may be referring that, that's, to. No, that's definitely what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but we went over there and um, it was with my friend Ben Walsh as well. Yeah. Oh, it wow. was the three of us. We've got a group called Circle of Rhythm. And um, <laughs> and just as a story from that trip is that we travelled all, you know, all night, what is, whatever, maybe a 20-hour journey, got to um, Mumbai and then we basically got in a, a sort of a cab or whatever or a car and drove for about three or four hours to Pune, and then we were basically on stage sound checking, and then we did this gig and totally culture shocked and jet lagged. And but the thing was, I was playing this solo just on my humble little uh, tambourine, which has a skin on it, and I'm looking out, and the audience, even like old women and that, are clapping, wow. um, like in like the Indian style um, to like these odd time things. Or complex like, rhythms. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I can't get away with anything over here because they know everything about rhythm and, um, you know, it was it was a, a, an awakening and a wonderful experience, but Absolutely. a bit scary as Of course. Well. <laughs> and, I mean, that's interesting and it's an, probably a nice little segue into um, uh, some exciting news for you. You've got a book coming out and it's called The Rhythm Diaries and um, I – I had a little look in in it before and read a couple of uh, pages of a few different chapters. And uh, it was interesting, you know, just saying that the fact that you're in India and, and the crowd were able to clap along and play along to these complex rhythms. And uh, and you sort of allude in there to all these patterns and, and shapes and that kind of thing. And one of the things that I, I read was like, if you're going to try this, start in four four, and that's like such a Western um, Western style, isn't it? Mm. Just really simple four four, which is nice and easy. And I, I like it. I love four four. It's it's helpful. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but um, why don't you tell us a little bit about the book, and um, and we can kind of get into uh, the nitty gritties. You know, maybe at a very dumbed down level yeah, for me yes. because I'm not particularly. <laughs> I, I was I was struggling to see where all the patterns and yeah. going. Hannah. Anyway, but yeah, go okay. Ahead. So thanks. Um, well. Basically, um, I've been keeping sort of rhythm diaries for, for a few decades now and way back in the 80s I thought, oh, gee, it'd be great to sort of uh, collect all this stuff and eventually put it into some sort of book. Um, but a lot of it is based on on um, number combinations. Yeah. And um, so 
just to give you an idea, and there's there's stories in the book. It's not just like a dry technical book. There's even a bit of humour in there. Um, but what what happened was that um, it was a combination of things. When I started to teach way back in the late seventies, um, I was wondering what um, it was kind of like in a multicultural um, situation in a drama school in Sydney. And I was wondering what we had in common. Like I was pretty fresh um, in the sense of teaching. I'd already been a professional for, you know, 10 years. Yeah. But And I thought, oh, we've got – at least we've got numbers in common, you know, in common. Like, And it, I was never into maths at all, but I just really? thought, okay, yeah, no. Because I looked at that book I and know, I was like, wow. It looks like I have been, <laughs> but no, totally. And, you know, I left school at 15 and I just – I don't think I even – um, past maths, but <laughs> but I, I thought, well, you know, everybody knows, you know, what time it is, how many people, how much it costs, sure. all this sort yeah. of thing. So I thought, basic stuff, yeah. And at the, that time, I met a student of Indian music, and I said to him, um, I asked him, well, how would you sum up how the Indians use rhythm? And it, it was looking back, it was a fairly naive question because it is so complex. Mm. What you know, it's a beautiful system hundreds of years old but anyway I had to start somewhere and he gave me just a beautiful answer and he said well if you've got eight beats and you put accents in those eight beats and the accents can be three and three and two which could be one two three one two three one two one two three one two he said then you would um, practice the other combinations. And I said, what do you mean? He went, um, okay, well, three, two, three, and two, three, three. Yeah, right. So it's a very logical system. And that was like a light bulb moment for me and the fact that I started teaching um, and, and I started teaching that yeah. rhythm. And, and since then I've realised that that particular rhythm is probably the most common rhythm uh, let's say syncopation on earth. Yeah, right. It's in so many. Mu- it's I like mean, a dancehall rhythm, right? Yeah, like dancehall. Yeah. But even even a folk guitarist starting off, eventually they learn their 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 really big thing, which you could go like or a rock person. Three, three, two. Yeah, it's used so often. Um, so that was like what started me. And the other thing was that these people in the, the theatre, they didn't um, necessarily want to learn instruments. They wanted to learn about rhythm. Right. And so I thought, well, let's just forget about instruments and use the body as the instrument. So I started a style of body percussion yeah. um, you know, through, through hand clapping and body slapping, but using that particular phrase. And anyway, so... It, then that just developed and developed, and so that's why the numbers became really good for me because mm. it's like a really good language. And even in those, um, if you combine those three lines, three, three, two, three, two, three, and two, two three, 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 that adds up to 24 beats, and there's 84 ways you can actually travel through those um uh, 24 beats, right. which can be three bars of... Um, and it's all about just inter- interchanging where, where the accent's going. Exactly, right? yeah. yeah. Okay. And harmonically, of course, you can just bring little arpeggios and things. And yep. it's, you know, and as I say, I was never really into maths, but just on that really simple thing, it really got me and I could see, okay, because eventually, you know, after a couple of years of teaching, I'd say I might have eight people doing three, three, two and eight people doing two, three, three. And it was just they're, they're related rhythms, but they were perfectly sort of syncopated yeah. and opposite each other. So that's what got me going. It's really interesting that you say <laughs> that you weren't into maths at all, because having a flick through <laughs> the book, not. it looks like the... Mm. Uh, the writings of, like, um, you know, a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> and I suppose in some ways it, it, it is science because at the end of the day, you know, numbers and music, they kind of go hand in hand. And I don't, you know, no one likes to boil it down and just say, well, it's just a, a scientific method or it's just mm. because it kind of takes away the beauty <clears throat> if you just look at it, looking at it at, at at that level of just numbers. But obviously for you, you found it quite helpful and you've developed a whole bunch of different things. And, um, you know, having a look here, you, you talk, you're using shapes, creating different patterns. Mm. 
I wonder if you could kind of elaborate on that a little bit. I noticed that um, I've just gotten written down. You had diamonds, uh, triangles, circles, yeah, um, and then even you know maybe uh, some of the nature stuff that that I sort of looked at. How how mm. did you develop that? idea, that fundamental idea, which your mate taught, taught you about, you know, this, this is the rhythm and it's the accent and the different ways that you mm. can play this in the eight beats. Mm. How did that develop into the diamonds and the triangles and so forth? Good question. Um, so basically I use those three lines and basically only those numbers for, for quite a few years, three, three, two. Yeah. But then eventually I was wanting to see that those three lines as a group of numbers that could be, you know, as I said, could be played so many ways. So one one night I altered the shape. So from a square shape of three lines, I tilted it. Um, ah. So it became a diamond shape, exactly the same numbers, but they're just on angles. So if you can, if people out there can imagine a diamond shape. So therefore I could, rather than just seeing the three lines, I saw this shape of numbers and then I thought, well, okay, well, if that that works really well, so maybe I'll write out a chart um, using um, six numbers of the same and and three of the other. So I started out literally going um, doing a diamond of six ones mm-hmm. and three twos, which adds up to twelve. Yeah, and I thought, wow, this adds up to twelve beats, and there's eighty four different ways. So it started. The same again. Yeah, so I was starting to think, wow, my language um, as a drummer can really expand if I look at things this way. So I wrote out, I think it was uh, the 78 diamonds in that wow. as a page, which and the original page is in the book. It's quite got a lot of history in it. So the last one on that page was um, 998, um, which is I think is 26 by 3. But, but anyway, so there's like there's all those diamonds on one page and I realised just that that page, which I made up like, 25, 30 years ago, could be a life's work. There's yeah. so much to explore. Um, and just, just to, <clears> sorry <throat> to cut you off, but <clears throat> for me, just so I can understand it too. So basically what you're saying is you're, you're grouping these numbers together that all add up usually to around some kind of 12 or 24 or, or, Actually, or different. Actually any number. Any number. Yeah, yeah. And then, well, because I noticed bef- because I was looking at some of those yeah. that, that sort of went beyond the realms of just classic 4-4 or whatever. Yes, a lot of them um, do, And yeah. you would say, you know, you might just rest on the first beat of the bar or for two exactly, beats or whatever. Yeah. But essentially what you're doing is you're accenting different areas. How would that work with like, I know if you, if you would be so kind as to clap it, mm. you're saying the 9, 9, 8. Yeah. How, how, like how do you incorporate that, incorporate that into a rhythm? Well, um, I mean, there's a lot of ways I could answer that. Like, first of all, like I, I, prob- I, I, um, I try and encourage students to um, practice a lot of different ways of phrasing each number, say each number from one to nine. Yeah. Um, so with the nines, the simplest way is just three, three. Yeah. So it'd be like one, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Right. Right. So that's a it's nine. nice and round. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But another, a really, um, a, probably a more common way of doing nine is two, 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 three, which is just one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, three, one, two. Yeah. Okay. And the, in Bulgaria, for example, um, a lot of those um, rhythms over there, they go short, 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 long. Short, short, right? Because in a lot of those countries, they have well in Turkey, for example, nine is probably the predominant time signature. So there's a so lot of um, countries that use what we consider odd times, yeah. which is a funny phrase anyway. Um, but but anyway, so just going back to that, like the nine, nine, eight, you think, well, why do something in twenty six? Well, it could sound really good, <laughs> but quite often I would, um, as you were suggesting, I might go, okay, well, it's only two more than 24, which is the classic 12, 8, even a blues or whatever. So maybe I could start two beats earlier. And that does sound very clinical and scientific, but it's a lot of fun to try. Yeah. So I could do 9998, I mean, sorry, 998 and start at two beats earlier and do it as a melody or a phrase in a blues. And it'll it'll just, it'll, it'll be, let's say it'll be interesting at the least. But the thing is it, Practicing any of those things, I think, is really good for the mind. It's totally, really good yeah. for your chops. 
um, for your language, um, you know, your musical language. So, like, um, that, and part of the reason I did the book is a selfish reason because I want to be, and I've started to do it since I've had it in my hands the last mm. couple of weeks, is open it up at a page and just try some of the yeah, ideas. refresh. Because there's sure. so many yeah. ideas. Well, it's not even refresh, Josh, for me because there's so many ideas in there and so many combinations that I've given, I haven't tried. Right, you of know, course. Yeah, I've tried because like probably kind of 1% of them. And en- endless, really. Yeah, if, that's and, I, and I guess like <clears> – <throat> You know, the inspiration must come from some level of in- wanting to increase technical ability. Totally, and, yeah. and and you know, having having sort of heard you explain it, and I feel like I'm <laughs> I'm a novice, but trying to sort of get my head around it, it makes total sense because at the end of the day, uh, when you can have something new and exciting to show someone, whether it's just you or me in a room or it's in front of a whole bunch of people in India, whatever it is, those rhythms are really exciting. And I think that's probably part of it, I assume, for you where you want to go out and you want to go, there's more ways to take on this music, this rhythm, this percussion. Was that part of the inspiration for you or was it more that that happened along the way of you just discovering all these numbers? Yeah, I think it was a bit of both. Like I um, I was I was a self-taught musician and even though I became a session musician, so to speak, I was never very good at w- reading Western notation. Right. And so this was a little bit of a um, a way for me to, to, to read, you know, um, co- really complex music if it needed to be complex. Um, but in a really drawn out very simply. Mm. And um, so in some way it was a reaction to Western music, even though I think it's amazing. But um, what I could do, I feel like I could have something like a page of um, number combinations, which if people understood how to read it, it would take – 50 pages of Western notation to have that information. So I love that idea of like a little cell um, in which, you know, and literally I could take one group of numbers like a diamond or a square yeah. or a circle and practice it all day and still be finding new things to, you know, to practice. But the other thing that happens in the book too, um, which you've seen and you alluded to before, is that the numbers become symbols. Yeah. So eventually, um, you know, you might have just a, a really lovely um, diagram or a graphic thing on the wall that might have dots and triangles, for example, and within that it's like coded. Yeah. Within that is a whole piece or composition of music. Well, I saw that with uh, you were writing about a certain combinations that you were doing and you said you're just going to do X and O's and even mm. looking, just looking at that and not even really reading too much of, of <laughs> what the, what you were, cause I was sort of just going, what the hell is happening here? <laughs> but looking at it and I was like, I could see patterns within that, those shapes and that kind of thing. And I think that's, that's, that's pretty profound really. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, I feel like it's, it is a revolutionary thing where, um, yeah, students li- have literally got some of my diagrams on their wall and their charts and they're hopefully a nice-looking piece of art, mm. but it can be a chart as well. And eventually, and I've done a little bit of this, but eventually I'm hoping that we can, um, at gigs, we can have on a screen yeah, that's cool. some of the you know, designs that have no numbers or Western notation. Yeah, but you can see the patterns and we can, little we things We can show between. the audience the patterns. Yeah. Yeah. I was curious too, you, that you, that you do a, a chapter in the book, uh, or might not be a full chapter, but certainly some um, some stuff about how you uh, draw inspiration within those patterns from nature yeah. and and how that fascinates you. And there's, there's some diagrams of birds <laughs> and flowers and all sorts of things. How, you know, are you kind of always looking as a person of rhythm and obviously pretty complex rhythm, you're always sort of just counting. Like, are you one of those people that like look at the the pavers and you like step on different ones and and you're counting? Like, how, yeah. and how did that sort of come into play for you when when you were discovering all these you know new different rhythms and different accents and then started looking at birds and flowers and how how did you incorporate that all? Well, I um, I think it was just the more and more I got into um, number combinations and seeing that there's there's numbers everywhere. Um, I started then 
cons, you know, but well, the first thing it was started with um, more like human things. Like I'd, I'd see a number plate, and I'm I'm touring with other musicians mm. who are into the rhythms. We go, okay, let's play that number plate. You know the yeah. The, yeah so if it was five six five, you know, <laughs> we, and you know, within a minute we've we're doing it backwards and all this. Yeah. And, so I use dice, which are fantastic. Yeah. Phone numbers, pretty obvious, and things like that. Clocks, I yeah. practice to digital. <laughs> it's fairly obsessive. But walking out into the you know the garden, I you know years ago I started thinking, okay, well let's let's start counting a few petals here yeah. because um, I love the idea of something as beautiful as a flower to be our um, our our chart, if yeah. you like, a musical chart. And I've noticed, and some people out there who know more about it than me can maybe, um, uh, yeah, they can uh, argue with this, but I, I think that most flower petals, the majority of flower petals in Australia are in five mm -hmm. groups of five. And um, so I would literally just, you know, be out in the garden and I'd see a flower and I'd just see that is the perfect representing, representation of a five-beat yeah. um, thing in nature. And then I would just, you know, and it's very simple, I know, but I would play that and then I might play place it with a couple of other flowers yeah. with different petals. <laughs> but then um, even if I see, and it still happens, if I see a flock of birds and the and the, and they're, then they're flying through the, the sky and there's not too many to count. I'll quickly count them. Say, for example, if there's seven, mm. and I will consciously say that is the most perfect way that seven beats can be um, displayed yeah, at, right. any, at this given time in my life when I'm looking at that. And you might have one bird up the front and yeah. then three and then three following and I think, okay, I'm gonna go home and, and practice that little rhythm you, which you would be one one tisti one tisti one one tisti one tisti and what a beautiful seven, yeah, you know. So <laughs> and I've looked into the Fibonacci as well, um, which is just um a way of um or they say around about eighty percent of everything um can be measured in in this formula of numbers. Um, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, which yeah. which eventually becomes um, what they call the golden mean. Um, um, which there's the, or the golden ratio, which is used in architecture yeah. and and photography and and uh, you know painting etc. Um, which is one, the ratio, which is one to one point six one eight. Um, if I don't know if you've ever heard when say someone's looking at a photograph, they'll 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 say that the the, the uh, rule of thirds. Yep. They say the eye, the human eye, naturally goes to those four corners. Yep. Um, so, and I'm really into photography as well, and so I use that when I can. But in the, in the the music, I thought, oh, how can I um, bring this into play? Like, and there's this ratio you see, and it goes well. It starts it from naught, and this is where I I. Basically, I was going to say this is where you lose me, yeah. but keep going. <laughs> I, okay, so well, see, it's a ratio that they they say is in our DNA. Yeah. It's in it's in. Um, you could say that um, say the golden mean could even be from the wrist to the fingertips could be the one. Okay, and from the wrist to the elbow is one point six one eight. It's it's all through, right. like the pineapples, sunflower seeds. All of that is this ratio, but it, it's it. The numbers go like this. It goes naught, one, two, three. So you just keep adding the numbers yeah. five, eight, thirteen, twenty-one, etc. And it's it's the way things grow, even in the surface. So you just add the last number, the, the last previous, two numbers together. Yeah, that's right. And you get the next number. Yeah. And the further it goes, it's quite mysterious. It the closer it gets to the the exact golden mean, but it wow. never reaches it. Um, yeah, it's. I just find it fascinating, yeah, and to totally. me, it's more. I suppose um, it's. It, it is scientific, but it, I just find it fascinating, and it's. You know, it's in the surf. You know, just it's everywhere. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've thought for a long time, um, not even rhythmically, and because obviously, you know, rhythm. You're talking. You're doing numbers the whole time. You certain beats. 
But even in the chords that we use on piano and the, the, the tones and the semitones and the steps, everything is number related. Exactly. It's all yeah. in our DNA. Every, you know, the whole house yeah. that's around us, the <laughs> studio, the computers, it's, there's yeah. numbers everywhere. Yeah. You can boil it down and you can take the life out of it. But I think what's quite fascinating about what you've done is you've flipped it around the other way because I've talked mm-hmm. to people before and I've said to, to people, well, music basically is just numbers. It's 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 maths, and they're like, "Oh, don't you know? Don't be like that." You know, music's <laughs> so much more than that. I'm like, "Well, I'm not saying it's not, mm. but I'm saying it can it can be mm. explained and 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 mathematically certainly harmony and, and yeah. exactly." Yeah. And you've done the opposite, where you've gone, "I've actually I see these numbers everywhere, and I'm I'm incorporating them into my own mm. music, my own rhythm, and that kind of thing." Yeah. I wanted to touch on. You know, I mentioned before the four-four time signature is is you know what we commonly know in Western music. It's 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 predominantly the the time signature we, mm. that we use. But there is something quite incredible about stepping outside of that, and even you clapping some of those rhythms now. Um, I don't know if it's uh, if it's a, a, a cultural or or whatever, but there's something manifestly beautiful about time signatures that aren't in 4-4. Four, four. And I, and I mm. can't put words into it. I wonder if you can kind of explain it. You were sort of talking about, you know, being in India and, and them knowing different time signatures. Mm. What is it about time signatures that are outside of that 4-4 four, four, um, kind of form that are amazing because they are when when you yeah. hear them when I when I hear um, percussion and when I hear, when I hear, even when I hear modern music outside of those time signatures there's something crazy technical about it but also quite beautiful as well mm. do you have a, a bit of an idea about that mm. well it's yeah it's a little bit difficult to answer because the, I think I've, the the different time signatures have um, different effects on people and and it's really interesting that different countries tend to have different time signatures. However, in saying that, like the Indians, I think in North India, I think they have something like 128 different time signatures wow. or tales that they tales that they play. But the, it seems like even in India, the most popular one is 4-4. Four, four. Right. Or, well, they, they call it 10 tile, which is 16 beats. And it's interesting you use the word um, common because it's called common time. And even um, in my research, um, I'd say 4-4 four, four is probably the most commonly played rhythm Everywhere, all around right. the world. And yet... In um, as I mentioned, in places like Turkey, I probably the, um, you know nine is is um, is a favoured time yeah. signature, and, and I've also thought about the the coloration between um, architecture and music too, because in in especially in the Western world and in pop music in particular, it is in four four. And interestingly enough, our architecture, as we're sitting in this room, square. is yeah. very square. Yeah. And this the the four four is very logical and very predictable, and yeah. and that has great qualities, of course. Yeah, and that's probably why it's so popular, and people can sort of sense where it's heading, and same with our architecture. But if you go to places, um, more say in the Middle East, then they've probably got hexagonal yeah. architecture and things like that. So they'd be playing a lot in, you know, six and seven. And the, the in Africa with, with the huts, they're more circular, which I'd say it seems more like sixes and twelves, and they have yeah. a lot of sixes and twelves Interesting. In, in their music. Yeah, but... Is, um, there, is there any sort of study mm. that has made that? Direct cor- uh, correlation between you know architecture and well, musical scores. Well, it's a good question, and I I've been meaning um, to to actually try and do a bit of research and find yeah. out because I'm fascinated with. Well, that. I mean, just yeah. you you sort of um, alluding to that now, it it just begs the question: like, mm. why? Yeah, and and <laughs> is there some kind of something innate, something maybe something um, subversive within culture that that sort of uh, informs the way that they build their buildings and the way that they play them. And obviously, you know, there's no uh, hard and fast rule, but it's very fascinating to understand mm. yeah. and certainly talk about. But a lot of my friends, um, they joke to me that even if I'm playing in 4-4, four, four, I'm seeing it as a series of odd <laughs> numbers, which is actually true. But I, I wanted to say too that, say, just to give you an example, like, say, 
for example, say the Cubans and a lot of, say, the West Africans, they, as far as I know, they basically never count things. They just feel that they learn the patterns. Right. But it can be analysed in a mathematical way, yep. like the classic, um, let's say, a classic Cuban thing, um, so in 4-4, four, four, which is 16 beats to a bar, might be like a riff like this, and excuse my singing, but like... <laughs> So if I and so they would learn the pattern, and if you said, oh, if I said to them, well, that's seven seven two, and they go, what are you talking about, man? And, you know, but it is. It's one two three four five six seven one two three four five six seven one two one two da 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 one two one two, and so. A lot of that, um, you know, just about any music is th- – the, the numbers are just ratios yeah. anyway, and they've picked that ratio because it's so beautiful. Yeah. Like it's, it, you could say it's like seven and a nine, and that's a perfect way of breaking up 16 beats, whereas, say, a lot of house music or whatever yeah. might be eight, eight or yeah. four, 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 four. Sure. But the Cubans have got the seven and nine, and in, in um, a lot of West African rhythms, they've, they've got 12 beats, and the cowbell rhythm – um, the bell pattern is over a five and a seven. Yeah, right. So instead of, um, you know, instead of like one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, they would go one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, wow. three, four. And uh, if that's fast and yeah. you're not counting, it's just like. Yeah, so. Just saying that you can put a lot of um, in in just four four. There's yeah. so many different ways. Can I give you another example? Do it. Do it. I'm, I'm so fascinated. One that I came across um, just when I was just working with numbers and writing out things, um, and it's you know it's something that I've found from my own work, but it's probably out there in the world somewhere. But the ratio of um, in sixteen beats of one, three, five, and seven. Mm. Right, and that's that's a really beautiful combination of numbers because they're um, odd numbers and they're, they're, it's a pattern. Yeah. So if I was to tap that out just really slowly, and, and ones are right quite difficult because they go so quick, <laughs> you can't sort of uh, dwell on them. No. But it would be one one two three one two three four five one two three four five six seven one one two three etc. So, mm. but that fast it goes. Now, if I put it like a funk bass line to that, it'd be like dun 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 one three five seven dun 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 dun. So I saw that and I thought, this is great. It adds up to sixteen beats. So then my next thing would be then I put the one at the end of um, the bar. So then you've got three five seven one, and that without Oh well, I could count it slowly, but one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, da da. But when I learn that, it's like dun dun. Oh, we've changed key. Dun 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 And then if I can just go on because the the next one is then um, five seven one three, which is dum dum dun 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 yeah, three, five, seven, da, da. and the last one, I may as well do the last one, yeah. seven, one, three, five. Dum, da, da, dum, dum. So what I'm demonstrating is that just with those four lines yeah. is like classic funk bass lines. Yeah. I mean, it can be lots of other genres as well. And so, but when you combine those four um, lines together, say four bars of 16, there's literally millions of ways yeah. that you can actually go through those um, 16 numbers. Yeah. It's yeah, super so fascinating. It's just like a language that just, like, I felt like before I got into the numbers, even though I was a professional drummer and all of that, my rhythmical language might have been 
like an alphabet of 26, so yep. to speak. But now it's in, it's the, all the, it's in the hundreds yeah, yeah. of thousands. All the different nuances and everything. Yeah. It's quite fascinating. And um, I'm, as, you're, as you're talking and you're explaining mm. that, and I, I understand conceptually what you're saying, <laughs> but, you know, conceptual and practical are two different things. <laughs> but I'm sort of imagining you walking around. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of the, the – like if you had an Iron Man suit on <laughs> and there are just like – numbers and calculations going through your head at all different times. And I think that's quite fascinating because like, uh, for me, I'm also self self-taught musician. And, uh, just from my, my experience, like a lot of that, it comes down to just how you hear things, how you feel things, and you can kind of, um, imitate, uh, different styles of music, different rhythms and that kind of thing. And you've almost taken that to an, an incredible um, level where you're hearing things and then you're di- almost dissecting them and unpacking them and going, this is what is happening. And it's a really mm. great way, I suppose, particularly in, in rhythm, um, but even melodically to like to to explain to people and also to change the feel, which obviously makes what music is so so beautiful. Um, because if we did just play in 4-4 and it's boring straight <laughs> all the time, um, it wouldn't be, you know, that much fun to keep listening to music, you know. <laughs> now, um, I'm curious. Uh, I have – we still got a little bit of time. I got a few few notes here. Um, and uh, we've, we've touched on a lot of it, which is, which is awesome. But uh, in the book, uh, I read a little part. Uh, the, the chapter that ini- uh, initially stood out to me was um, uh, melodic mm. patterns. Mm. And, um, and then it went – I went to that page and there was an Ollie McGill quote, something to the, uh, the extent of, um, uh, you know, Greg would show me these certain patterns and I would often have sleepless nights yeah. thinking about them. So thanks Ollie for writing that in there because I was looking at it and going, Oh my goodness, I will mm-hmm. never understand. But in terms of melody, how, how do these patterns, like, um, how, how do you incorporate that melodically, I guess? Yeah. Well, they're, there's many, many different ways. Um, I'm, I play a little bit of melody, um, but I'm, I'm much more a percussionist sure. and, and I, I, I don't know very much about harmonic theory. But however, in saying that, just to give you an example, um, so uh, for a couple of years I've been teaching at a, a string camp yeah. and um, I've been lucky to have a master class with all these wonderful students. So it was like a mini orchestra with double bass, cello, viola, and violin. So I said, okay, so I'm going to show you some of these diamonds. Um, and I said, let's pick a pentatonic scale so that, and I think it was in C yep. that they, you know, said to them. So as people may know out there in the pentatonic scale, basically you can play any note and it will sound good with the others it will yep. harmonize so that's a safe way of practicing it for me so what we did was we'd take a diamond um say for example the 772 one which i mentioned about mm-hmm. with the cuban thing and so i would teach them how they could play um say little arpeggio patterns yep. in seven um and maybe for the two they would play something that's louder but it's um a certain note so you know, and I don't know a pentatonic scale off hand, but it could be, you know, like da 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 da. No, that's not even pentatonic, mm-hmm. but it, um, yeah, that's, that sounds like minor. Yes, yeah, sorry, that's all right. <laughs> but anyway, they'd pick a little, less, just a little melody yeah, for the seven, sure. and so then the bass players would go through um, that diamond in a particular way. They yeah. might even do all the sevens, which is six sevens and three twos, but then the violinist would then play seven, seven, two, three times. Right. So all of a sudden there's all these beautiful – It's almost like a call and response in a way. Well, not well, exactly, it's happening but it's at happening at the same, same time. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The so ry- rhythmic sort of accents are, are happening yeah. in, in different spots. But it's syncopation and um, – so, for, for example, if you're a guitar player um, and you're playing, say, seven seven two, um, like da 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 di da 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 di di da da da, it could be, you know, just like a dum bum bum di dum bum bum da da dum dum dum, and then you play the next line with the two in the middle, so it could be 
dum 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 da da dum dum da da dum dum and you put those two lines together and then you get to the chorus and maybe the chorus could be 277 so yeah, they're all related okay. like brothers and sisters yeah um I mean, that's just one way into it. I'm lucky that I've got a few of the hand pans. Some people know yeah. them as hungs or pies or whatever, and pies. they're mostly pentatonic. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, they P- have to be. P-I. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, but it just sounded funny. <laughs> <laughs> I did it, yeah. Vegetarian pies. Um, and I'm, I, I find it really fantastic to play um, the, the, the yeah. kind of the number series on those. But in the book, you'll see there's people like Harry James. Angus, um, who says, oh, this is the horn line that Cat Empire used that from one, one of the, the diamonds. So he's just taken it and given a really good example um, of how to do it. And Ollie and I wrote um, a tune together that, that's in the book as yeah. well, in Western Notation. Yeah. And that was based on um, 10, 10, 10, uh, sorry, 10, 10, 10, 2, which is 32 beats, yeah. which is 4-4. Four, four. Yeah. And I helped with the rhythm suggestions and the arrangement and, and he, he puts, puts the, the melody. melody. Yeah, right. So for me, that's kind of like a marriage made in heaven because I can give um, rhythmical ideas. Sure. And I've even with Harry um, recently, um, he did a tour with the wonderful drummer Freya and um, he asked me to go up there and workshop. Um, and so they played me some of their tunes and they said, what, interesting stuff can we do with this um with rhythmically yeah. and of course they incorporate the melodies into that and so we kind of inserted some diamonds into their repertoire yeah, which is cool. a beautiful thing to do well i think yeah. what's great about it and i mean it's something like i i've wanted to do something similar and as you were sort of talking about it i'm like oh this this makes so much sense because when you're learning scales melodic scales you're playing the scale in the most basic form that it can mm. be in. Like, you know, it's like... Duh, 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 duh. It's mm. pretty boring. You wouldn't do that in a solo because it, you just wouldn't do mm. it. But in terms of what you're talking about, it's like, okay, you're in that scale. You can... It doesn't really matter about the notes so much. Sometimes I think rhythmically that's probably one of the ways to make a solo interesting is not just play the notes, but play them in a, a rhythm that's a little yeah. bit obscure, that's a little bit accenting different things in different places. Mm. Um, and that's something that I've sort of thought about for so long, but have never you know, got around. So now I'm talking to you and, and basically every time I get someone in here, I just try and uh, sponge all the ideas <laughs> off them. Yeah, no, so if they're good. a songwriter, I'm like, how do you write songs? Tell yeah. me everything. Yeah. <laughs> and for you, it's, it's fantastic. I'm listening and going, okay, this makes so much sense. Mm. You can add, you can put these rhythms in and yeah, obviously there's the rhythmic side, the percussive side, but you can add them also into totally. melodic instruments yeah. to make yeah. things sound really interesting, which yeah. I think is quite fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. There was um, a group of young, really great musicians who were at the Southern Cross Uni years ago when I was teaching there and they they were inspired by the um, by my rhythms and they went down to Melbourne and formed a band called 12 Tone Diamonds. Nice. Yeah. And um, Nick Delaney, who's an amazing bass player, um, he's actually into maths metal music <laughs> and he does amazing things, but he's sort of taken that, that those ideas yeah. and just run with it. Yep. And he's got a great um, thing in the book based on um, 32 beats, which is 9995. And he shows really clearly how he would, or gives an example of how he would use chord patterns within that. So that's another thing to do. You could, you know, for example, yeah, say if you had 9995, we actually, I'll clap it out. Yeah. So he would, um, yeah, he would play a different chord for each nine and the five and then move the five around and all of a sudden it becomes like really, really interesting. Um, Yeah, so there's, yeah, there's just lots of ways of doing that. With a lot of the really good melodic players that have um, used my system, I I can't even, um, they've just sort of taken it and run and I just can't understand a lot of what they've done with it. But I'm just honoured that they take my ideas to begin with and then just run with it. And um, there's quite a few drummers um, that um, 
uh, you know, have done the same thing. Well, it, it seems to me like, and having just perused the book, you know, really briefly, it seems to me that like essentially what you're doing is opening up a, a world of, of rhythmic possibilities, possibilities which extends yeah. more than just to rhythm. No, that's uh, right. In the sense yeah. that, you know, it can be used melodically as well and then and then in harmonically with chords and that kind of thing. Uh, and then all of a sudden you, you're putting rhythm and harmony together and probably creating something probably pretty incredible, mm. which is fascinating. So I guess like, you know, we're getting close to the end, but I'd, I'd love just to, for you to give a plug to the book. Uh, when's it going to come out? How will people access it? All that kind of stuff. I don't know if you even, if we, if you can sort of elaborate yeah. on that. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, thanks, Josh. Um, so it's self-published and um, I've, I've had a thousand of them printed. Awesome. And just in the last couple of weeks since I've had it, I've been getting it out to the contributors yep. to begin with. Um, but we're going to have a launch and we're thinking that's going to be in September. But if people do want to purchase it, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> it's um, if they go to my website, which yep. is gregsheehan.com.au. Yep. Nice and easy. Um, yeah, there's the a link notes. to the book there. Yep. And um, I've tried – like it's, it's, it's an epic book. As yeah. you can see, it's over 330 pages and – um, as I say, it's not just a technical book and there's quite a few stories mm. in there. But, um, uh, yeah, it's a life's work. It's 50 bucks. Which yeah. are, And I was going to say I've tried to keep it um, cost-wise, like affordable, for particularly for students yeah. who, you know, who would love to get it. Um, yeah, just another thing about it just quickly too. It's being – my system's being taught in most of the unis and conservatoriums around wow. Australia now and that was another reason to get the book. And I had those students in mind because I, every now and again, for example, I go to the Sydney Con and mm. do a masterclass about the, the rhythms um, but now they those students can have have a book. Yeah, and, you so know, they can so that's take an, something away and, yeah. and sort of play with it and look through it and just yeah. go through it at their own pace. But on a very basic level, I actually did it for my kids yeah. and um, kind of as a legacy. So you know, when I'm gone and everything, they say this is this is what Dad did. You know, well, it's so, pretty incredible. Well done. Yeah, thanks. congratulations. I've like ticked the box already. I, so man, I, I, look, uh, writing a book mm. is is a huge task. How long did it take you? Oh well, <laughs> when we first, um, or just quickly, it's a bit of a funny story because basically a year and a half ago, I had a I was overseas, had a terrible bicycle accident, broke both my elbows, oh, no. but. We thought my f- collaborator, Naomi Jean, and myself thought this is a great time to get this finished because we've been talking about it and right. collecting, you know, scans of old diaries and yeah. things. So that was, um, yeah, about a year and a half a- ago and that was like basically every week working on it. It was so much work. And, and I suppose um, then you've got the, the years of, of diaries, just time that you've written, yes. which is probably unquantifiable really. Yeah, and all of the, the diagrams and yep. all the graphic illustrations, yeah, a lot of them are really old. So I just collected them that's all so and, cool. and scanned them. So it's it feels like a life's work. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's kind of what a book is a lot of the time. Yeah. And, you know, like you've put your life's work into it and that's really, really awesome. Congratulations. Uh, so it's Greg Sheehan. Dot dot com dot dot au if you want to and so, so people can purchase that pretty at any, yeah. pretty much at any time yeah that's right but we'll be launching it with lots of hoo ha yeah awesome. we've got um, a lot of good videos and a lot of the contributors are making um, videos with the book in hand and you know, awesome oh, that's, me that's good that to way. hear um, well I, I'm excited for you congratulations I like to finish uh, the, ep- the the episodes the uh, the interviews with a couple of lighthearted questions we've already covered the the last one which is where where can people find you and find your stuff but um, just something really super lighthearted uh, it's the first it's called the first thing that comes to mind and so the first one I give you is really easy um, and it's if you have the favorite movie first one to come come to mind and why if you've got one oh um Gee, I can't think of the name of it. It's, it was made in Vanuatu. Just um, oh, interesting. Yes, I'm so sorry. I've it, the, it was the name of the village, and I've I've forgotten it. But it was a, one of the most beautiful movies, and right. yeah, just with um, traditional dancing and yes, yeah, cool. Well, you'll have to. Well, well you, you tell me the name if we can uh, remember it later, and I'll put it in the show yeah. notes. Um, cool. All right. What is one cherished belief that you have, and why? Oh, 
I just think as humans, we've got to look after the the planet a lot a lot better and cherish what we have. Hundred percent, nice. And uh, just lastly, before we say goodbye, one thing that you love about creating and or performing music. <laughs> um, just one. <laughs> Getting great feedback and yeah. making people happy in that. Awesome. Greg Sheen, thank you so much for your time. I had a blast chatting. Yeah, thanks so much, Josh. Cheers. This is the Celebrate Sounds gig guide for the 29th of July to the 1st of August. All gigs are pending each venue's COVID policy, so please check individual websites or socials for any changes. At the Coast Hotel in Coffs Harbour, no music presently, but stuff going on all week. Industry Mondays with food and drink specials, Trivia Tuesdays, Thursday Night Footy with burgers and wings deals, and Roast to the Coast on Sundays. At Scott's Hub in Scott's Head, there's Saturday sound sessions each week, and on Saturday the 31st of July at 6pm, Heath Lancaster. It's a $10 cover charge. See the website for details. At Element Bar in Coffs Harbour on Friday the 30th of July at 7pm, Joshua Matheson. And on Saturday the 31st of July at 7pm, Joshua Matheson again. Sunday the 1st of August from 4.30pm, Craig Freeman. At Red Sea Events in Coffs Harbour on Thursday the 29th at 6pm, the Sea Sessions Under 25's Open Mic Night. On Friday the 30th at 7pm, the Crawdaddies. On Saturday 31st at 12pm, DT Zone. And then at 7pm, Unison. At the pub with no beer in Taylor's Arm on Saturday the 31st, they have their Xmas in July featuring the Valley Vendors. At Tishfarker in Bellingen on Sunday the 1st of August from 2pm, Jean Leo. At the Ocean View Hotel in Yurunga, there's no tunes this weekend, but Bistro open 12 to 8pm, 7 days a week, and OVH Pizzas open 7 days also from 5 till 8pm. At Source Salvage Studio in Bellingen, they have regular performers playing tunes in the street, amazing sustainably sourced local art to check out, and also incredible coffee. At Surf Street Cafe in Emerald Beach on Saturday the 31st of July from 6pm, the Gypsy Jazz Trio. At Liberty Providors in Yurunga, amazing vibes, incredible food, incredible coffee, and regular performers popping in from time to time. And finally, at Dark Arts Bar in Coffs Harbour, they're open all week from 6.30am for brekkie and lunch, on Friday and Saturday for dinner. There's music and comedy every now and then. See their website for details.